And here we go, the Downward Facing Spiritual Spiral Podcast. My name is Eddie Cohn. I am the host, the creator of the Spiritual Spiral. Pretty quick podcast today. I am thrilled to welcome my friend, owner of Deli Board up in San Francisco, Adam Mesnick, to the show once again. Thrilled to have him back. And the thing I love about Adam is that he wears his heart on his sleeve. He's very passionate about food and life in San Francisco and health and taking care of his city. And I thought it'd be great to have him back on the show and talk about sort of what's happening, coronavirus world, how his business is being impacted. And really quickly before the conversation, remember, if you dig the show, head over to iTunes, write a review. That stuff is incredibly helpful. Share the show with your friends Give it a five star. You can reach out to me on Instagram at Eddie Cohn or Twitter. Say hello, share some questions, or if you have any questions, please reach out. You can support the show directly on my Patreon, patreon.com backslash Eddie Cohn. Find me on YouTube, Eddie Cohn, because I will be sharing some podcasts live on my YouTube channel. So all of that out of the way. But I also, you know, I really wanted to have Adam on the show. Because I think the way that this whole situation has been handled has been terrible. And I think that's pretty fair to say across the board. I just, I think the, I think there's been an overreaction element that's been, that's happened. And I don't think you can just shut the country down, tell people to stay home, because the impact that that is going to have, I think, is going to be far greater on the negative scale or the negative spectrum than just the coronavirus. Businesses, small businesses, restaurants, Uber drivers, people that work, uh, any self-employed, any anybody who's self-employed, personal trainer, yoga instructors. I mean, their business model is completely ruined. I want to read a quick excerpt from Alex Berenson. Uh, he's an ex-New York Times writer, and he had a really interesting piece. Just want to write, read a few um, paragraphs, and then we'll listen to the podcast or the conversation that I had with Adam. Um, Aside from New York, nationally, there's been no health system crisis. In fact, to be truly correct, there has been a health system crisis, but the crisis is that the hospitals are empty. This is true in Florida, where the lockdown was late. This is true in Southern California, where the lockdown was early. He has also argued in lengthy Twitter threads that the drop in cases seen in various states has come before lockdowns would have even had an impact. Berenson blames the models for a response that has effectively shut down large sectors of the economy and is causing significant financial harm to Americans. On Thursday, it was announced that the number of Americans seeking unemployment benefits swelled to 6.6 million last week. Berenson says the correct response in the initial days of the crisis would not have been to do nothing, but instead to adopt a more measured and targeted approach. There was incredible pressure to do something, so these lockdowns all cascaded, every governor tried to outdo the next. And no one stopped and said, okay, what about Japan? They don't seem to have a terrible epidemic. They wear masks. Maybe we should wear masks, and that's it. So again, I think there was a lot of pressure to do something. Everybody overreacted and just shut the country down. And in the long run, it's going to have a paralyzing, tragic effect on the restaurant industry, hospitality, 
you name it, it's, I don't know when we're ever going to come back from this financial crisis now. And I'm not saying that there isn't a coronavirus out there, but the numbers are so comparatively speaking to other diseases, other flu pandemics in the past. What's so frustrating is that just a week ago, Dr. Fauci is saying one to 250,000 people are going to die in this country. And now just miraculously, they've lowered the numbers down to 60,000. Of course, they're saying, well, that's all because of the lockdown. It can easily be argued based on other charts and examples that it has nothing to do with the lockdown. So it's a very perplexing situation. thought it was really important to have Adam on the show because he is in the trenches. He owns a restaurant. He has seen firsthand what this pandemic reaction has had on his business. Not only just his business, but his frame of mind, his trust in our country, and if the country really has our best interests at hand. So I really appreciate you listening. I hope you enjoy the conversation that I had with Adam Mesnick, owner of Deli Board up in San Francisco. You can find him on Instagram as well. Any questions, reach out to me. As always, thank you so much for listening and being a part of the Downward Facing Spiritual Spiral podcast. Sunny blue skies. I uh, you, you say that a lot. You, you say that a lot. Sunny blue skies. That's your that's your thing. I have a new apartment, so it's even sunnier over here. Oh, so that's good. I just recently moved from uh, the uh, the depths of ghetto. Yes, I gotta believe I'm only a hundred yards away from my old house. Oh, it's amazing uh, how like but it, that close can be that big of a difference. It's that big of a difference. Yeah, it's that. Big. I mean, it's. Yeah, it's astounding. It's astounding what a difference it is. But uh, I may have been one of the first and only people to move on April 1st of 2020. Um, it was like a joke. It was crazy. I had to leave so much shit because uh, the people that I hired, it was a mess. It was a real mess. But uh, I got here and uh, turned out it was easier to roll things down the street anyways. <laughs> so I'm very um curious and i'm i'm sort of about like you have to move fast now and navigate and and technology's coming so fast and now we got this freaking virus that's coming so fast and like within a day i moved all of my yoga classes online and so i just want to like how has your life changed let's like go back a month i mean how has your life changed in the last month as as, as sort of succinctly and, and let's just sort of go back a little bit one thing that I'm pretty decent at is, is adaptation. And I think that I've had to make some swift moves and adapt very quickly. Um, but collectively, you know, what I do in, in terms of food, um, I'm always been a carry out guy. So my food has always been wrapped for carry out. People's expectation is to come pick up, um, not necessarily dine in. So, I fall into a different category and I'm very fortunate to have fallen in the category of what's allowable and what's intolerance in the food world right now is simply no entrance to the store um, and carry out. So we've, my, my staff and I have made some swift moves. You know, we've put signs up everywhere. We've practiced the, the safe six feet and 
um, the gloves and the masks and all those things. So we, we've done that part of it, you know, that's like health department stuff. My staff is really good at, Yeah. you know, the moving, the moving targets is a little bit more difficult, but really what I do is I've lost a good portion of my business. Don't get me wrong. But what we do is carry out. So if people are willing to come to the store, we're not changed. We, I haven't changed one iota of the food. Everything's the exact same. So were you, the market then. Were you, were you closed at all at any point? Did they shut you down? So there was the Saturday, I, I can't remember the date, probably about three weeks ago when they started to talk about potentially closing everything on Monday. And when they did that, I decided that I would close that Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday um, just to get a feel for what was allowed. There were so many changes. First, it was 100 people. Then it was 25 people. Then it was 15 people. And basically, I didn't realize or know what the, what the government, uh, you know, at least locally, would allow from a uh, food establishment. So... I did what I had to do in regard to, you know, waiting it out a few days and get a good grasp. And the grasp was no entrance to the store, six feet of distance, practiced, you know, really practiced. And, uh, you know, as long as the food, um, you know, was carry out, I wasn't doing anything differently. So there I had a major advantage. Um, I mean, my numbers are, are very, very much different. And uh, some of the core business was catering and private parties, which, which is obviously out. none of that is happening. Yeah. So just like everybody else, I'm, I'm suffering as well. Um, my volume is down. I've done my best to retain my staff and try to be as creative as possible. And, uh, you know, so I guess that's the, the long and the short of it when it comes to deli board. I've had my these ongoing discussions in my head where have because I think about business owners and and I've questioned and wondered if shutting everything down was overreactionary. I've questioned if we had running tabulations in the New York Times every day of people that had lung cancer people that had bowel cancer, people that died from diabetes. I just, I don't, I, I'm confused and I don't know if clearly there's a virus, but I worry about all the jobs that are lost, the impact financially, depression, loneliness. Yeah. I just, what's, well, how are you taking I mean, this all? You, you've always, you know, your, you know, your podcast, you know, with centering in on the, the perils of social media is above and all been just a gigantic problem. So let's just imagine that every single person was put in solitary confinement with only their telephone. <laughs> right. So number one, telephones are, are so very dirty. <laughs> the guy who makes telephone wipes uh, fashionable is going to be a real rich guy. But I, you know, let's just say telephones are really dirty. A couple things about the COVID thing. I'm the wrong guy to ask because I'm fairly uh, always leaning towards the conspiracy side of things. Interesting. But I, I believe that I had COVID at some point in February. I myself 
have now, you know, had many conversations with people who also believe to have had it. Now, there's no way to verify such, but the reality is, is that there was something today in the San Francisco gate where they're saying there was COVID here at the end of December and into January. I believe that to be true because of the proximity of where China is and where San Francisco is and the fact that California's curve is flattening right now. So now we're looking at real data. Hmm. When, when this was shut down, there was no real data. There was no information. There was no confirmation that I could have really had COVID in February and I could have gotten it in January. And my friend who went to the hospital who was homeless that was diagnosed with walking pneumonia and had a high fever and a bad cough. And then his friend had it and she then gave it to somebody and they all had it and everybody in the streets had it. And all of my staff then had it. Let's imagine that I do believe it's very catchy. Now, I don't believe it's a death sentence. Now, the reactionary portion of it has created mass hysteria And if you combine that with the social media portion of it, if I were feeling like I did, let's say, when I assumingly had COVID, I would have taken myself to the hospital because I would have imagined that I was on my deathbed. Yes. Whether the statistical data pointed towards it or not, I smoke cigarettes. I got to believe cigarettes are way more dangerous for me than COVID is right now. Now, I can't guarantee that, and maybe I could be wrong, but if what I had was COVID or a symptomatic uh, portion of it, what I felt was a flu that felt like I was maybe five or six years old was how I described it. I'm going to be 46, and I hadn't felt the same way since I was about five or six years old. So it, it was pretty awful for a couple of days. In terms of the reactionary piece, the one thing that, that the, the world is lacking and the United States is lacking is, is true leadership. So without true leadership, we as a group, as a people, had to scramble in interstate. And some states planned quickly and some didn't. California did a great job, Governor Newsom. Mayor London Breed, who I've been a harsh critic of, uh, you know, Mayor London Breed shut it all down weeks ago. People have already been working from home in San Francisco for a full month when, you know, just when San Francisco was at a 90 percent decrease in the BART ridership, which is the, you know, the public transit here. New York City was at a full blow. There was not one iota of difference. So let's just say we did have COVID here and it got mass spread around, we basically prevented for any further spread, whereas, whereas other people really weren't planning on the spread or the detriment or the flu. I do believe that leadership was lacking in the, in the United States. I think that you know it was presented to the president and it was once called a hoax, whatever it may be. I can't believe it was all handled properly. Now, it also yeah. is something that's brand new. We've never seen anything like it in our life. Um, and I, 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 sometimes I hear that this, that we haven't seen a virus like this, but then I also read from medical experts that say that we have coronaviruses that happen every year. This is right. I mean, and that, and that's where the pandemic, 
you know, I personally think that the, the, you know, you saw some information come out about people shorting the stocks, the yeah. stock market. You saw some information about people making money on certain technology stocks that either lifted or went down. Now, I would I know that in the there's always an impetus to a down market. There has to be an impetus. So let's say we have an impetus, but it's further reactionary in the market. Absolutely tanked. So somebody shorted the market. Yeah. I didn't, but somebody shorted the market. Now, also, yes, I mean, the numbers need to be realistically set in place where we can compare the influenza, regular flu, all the different types with COVID and, and actually look at those numbers. The damage, let's just say the entire restaurant industry has now collapsed. I'm a walking... Uh, I'm a walking lottery is the way I look at it. Well, that's why I wanted to talk to you because, you know, when you have a running quantifiable number every day that is shown in the media and newspapers, you know, nine, 10, 11,000 people died. It's really hard to argue with that statistic when we don't know the societal, financial, mental effects of people like you um, restaurant workers, Uber drivers, psychiatrists, even chiropractors who can't obviously see their patients. I, I think those numbers are going to far exceed any damage that was done by the coronavirus. And I don't know if we're mentally. Oh, I, I agree. I mean, uh, yeah, no, the numbers in regard to the anxiety, the stress, the you know, the, the domestic abuse, let's say people at home, the, the damage it could potentially cause to kids missing a half a year of school down the road from an educational perspective, college students are just kind of getting a pass. I can't believe that, uh, you know, maybe I'm not a firm believer in, in that online education piece, but I think that you probably get more bang for your buck in person. So, um, you know, there's the effect of people and teachers. And I mean, some people are very skilled at homeschooling and probably some people aren't so good at it. Um, you know, if, if the, if the iPad or a telephone is a good solution to quiet your kid, it's probably a great solution to quiet your kid. I think that, you know, yeah, the detriment is crazy. And again, it's, it's, it's the fear and anxiety. Now I feel like I guy like I've been training for this. I've been trained for this. I've lived yes. in the Soma decathlon of shit. <laughs> so I've now uh, been exposed to so much here in my in my daily Adam Mesnick life that I can't be phased by a lot. I am absolutely desensitized. I am the you ask me, I, I mean I have I, I've had skin <laughs> problems that are way worse than what my flu felt like. Yeah. Me put, I mean, I had uh, diagnosed MRSA. I don't know if we talked about it in the last pod, no. but I got MRSA from picking up garbage on the street. Basically, MRSA is resistant to antibodies and it's a skin infection. I mean, my leg turned into uh, a gigantic balloon and I couldn't walk on May 5th, two years ago I had it now. So this is almost two years ago. Last. Two years ago, now I had MRSA. Thanks for reminding me, Eddie. Thanks. 
Um, and, uh, you know, I picked that up, I would imagine, on the street, and every homeless person had sores on their bodies, and so did I. Yeah. When I went to the hospital, I was treated like such I, – I had come off of a bad cooking shift, man. I had sweat. It was hot. You know, I'm the guy in the kitchen burning and still have MRSA on my leg. It was covered. Everything was, you know, washing my hands. I'm a germaphobe. Yes. I've worked. I, I've trained to wash my hands. I've trained people to wash their hands. These guys walk into my store every day, uh, the kitchen guys, before they even can put down their jacket, I tell them to go wash their hands. So I, I've practiced a lot of what the world is now catching up on. I, I feel better about it. I hope to be able to eat at more places. I have constantly, you know, I don't wear gloves all the time and at work um, because I'm using a knife. It's not so comfortable. But in terms of like my staff, if they're just moving food, we always use gloves. We always wash our hands. But again, yeah, the detriment, you know, certain industries, let's just take the food industry. I don't know if there is an industry that's been bigger, a bigger shelling. Um, it is. It, it, I love your analogy. It is literally like a shelling. Like it's literally like a bomb has gone off in the restaurant yeah, industry. I mean, it's a shell. And I, you know, it, it breaks my heart because 90% of the people that I've come to know in my life are from and in the food industry, which is, you know, great, uh, a great customer to have. But you know, we feed everybody. I've, I, you know, my most recent, I think the last one we did was Dominique Krenn and uh, her staff. And, you know, my my support system is the restaurants. And, you know, the, the unfortunate part is, is that some of it feels personal um, because it seems that the backbone of the restaurant and hotel and hospitality industry is the immigrant worker. That is a huge, a huge gut blow. I mean, it, a lot of guys lay people off. What if they change the way you can hire in two weeks? And again, there's certain things that potentially I would say that nobody else will. Um, I've always thought that sanctuary needs to be approached in the restaurant industry and there needs to be a better solution. You know, and, and I'm an advocate for that. And, you know, again, that part of it is heartbreaking because if these people have now been laid off and then there's some sort of system switch that turns on that you actually have to do more verifications, there could potentially be some problems for people to get new jobs. There also creates a problem for people to find new hires. Um, well, but the, let's, let's hope that that doesn't change. Well, this leads, me to, this leads me to a couple um, points and then I'll, I'll let you go. Um, Sorry, that's Alexa. It's okay. Alexa, dump it. <laughs> do you see a swift, smooth recovery? Or do you see, I'm kind of thinking this is going to be a good five to 10 year recovery. What do you think? Let's say that the infrastructure is in place for certain industries to recover fairly quickly if given the green light. Um, I think financially, it's going to be complicated for a lot of people for a long time. Um, I don't see a lot of ease of use. A lot of companies, let's say like the online retailers and uh, 
you know, the online the online jobs, the grocery store jobs, the Instacart, I, I can't even get a feel for, um, for much because I haven't been, been out. I'm shelter in place. So I don't even know what, uh, imagine I'm just been behind closed doors and go to my office. That's it. And yeah. office being deli board. So, you know, I don't know if there's Uber drivers out there or if you're ordering food delivery, I use a bike messenger and I don't get food delivery. So I don't know if that's like, you know, there's a lot of people on the road. When I look outside, it looks like an apocalypse as far as I'm concerned. I mean, there's nothing going on in the streets. You know, there's, there's tents and that's about it. So I don't even know, you know, where people will go. I've heard statistical data on how many people have already left California, but the six feet thing is going to be the six feet thing for a while. And, uh, you know, as a single guy, how I date now is, is, is even worse than it was. I mean, it reminds me of being in, in, you know, getting into that, uh, that, that relationship in college where you go to Planned Parenthood and you get the, uh, the, the tests, right? You get the VD test. Now you got to go get the COVID test again. Is it completely sensationalized and, and has the media gotten their way with it? Yes. I've seen I've seen some videos that people have posted and then three days later they say they're fake and, you know, I mean, the same video circulating in hospitals overrun. I mean, San Francisco has vacancies in the hospitals. The biggest problem here right now, from my understanding, is that COVID has found its way into some of the shelters. But if COVID was here in December and January, and they can they can see backwards to it. A lot more people were exposed than the handfuls of people that are exposed today. There's been more overdose deaths in San Francisco. In in last year, there was 300 OD deaths. There's only been 10 COVID deaths to date. I got to believe this year alone, there's got to have been 50 overdoses yeah. at least in three months. So again, when you put it into perspective. How do you how do you quantify the numbers? And yes, ten thousand sounds like a gigantic number, but give me real numbers, give me real factual data, and I may be able to make a real judgment call. Well, here's until then. I'll I, until then. In the beginning of this, I said I'll be the last man walking and the, and the first one to die from this shit. I'll, I'll <laughs> ask this last question slash point, and then I'll let you go. I like I agree with you. You know. The numbers of, of 40,000 people die from car accidents in America every year. If the New York Times was posting those running tab, that running tab statistic every single day, people would be freaked out to drive their cars. People would never drive. I know. They would, never, they would so, stop driving. So, I mean, if you – again, it's like somebody like me. I have various fears and anxieties and you know, I'm not – I don't love getting in a plane. But if I thought about – the statistical data of the safety of a plane, as I get older, it becomes easier for me to me fly. Too. You're very similar to me with this. It's, yeah. I'm using real data and statistics. Um, but you, you know, which would keep me out of certain situations as well. And, you know, I don't, I, I think that, you know, with in due time, we will get more data. And again, I'm, I'm happy 
potentially about some of the reactionary measures. Uh, but, you know, you can't be sure until it's all said and done. As a as a germaphobe, as a germaphobe myself, I similarly to you, I love the idea that people are actually washing their hands and uh, using gloves. And I I used to wear masks on the airplane like the last five years. I, I mean, so I've been doing the mask thing for a long time. A lot of you know, a lot of people in San Francisco have done the mask thing for a very long time. It's not uh, it's not something that's brand new here. Um, you know, I, I, I look forward to – well, I can tell you that my last few dining experiences, I definitely saw somebody pee and not wash their hands. Yeah. So, like, again, I, the, the, potentially the world needed a, a, a correction and an adjustment on uh, basic sanitation. Um, but, uh, again, it, me being exposed to all certain uh, – just – all sorts of ungodly sights. I, uh, you know, de- I'm a desensitized human. I'm just thinking about it. I also think about fear and ignorance. And because of technology and social media, people are just basically reading reactionary opinions. And then I feel like we're so hardwired to become anxious and fear. But this story of COVID is actually the perfect storm because we don't have the facts. We just have these running tabulations. And the way that it's being reported is freaking everybody out. I mean, maybe we see a roar back and maybe we see people pull back on using social media and telephones and there's more conscious efforts moving forward. So I have to be hopeful that people will adjust their behaviors to try to remove some of what this has created. But it is a world of just tremendous anxiety and me included. And, uh, you know, it's the amount of media and all of the bad news in a capsule Zero good news. Not a fucking home run. Not a fucking LeBron dunk. Not March Madness. Nothing positive. Not one iota of data that could give anyone just something to hope for. You know, the hopeful, the, the, what, you know, I mean, nothing. Zero. Like, nada. So, (laughs) on top of it, there's no distraction. Right. So, I mean, again, I don't see the benefit of being locked down with a telephone and the only thing running is all bad news. I really have taken a different approach to this one. When I was in the financial crisis, I was in the center of the shift storm. Um, You know, I lost my house. It's how I got to food. So, you know, even, even in a down, I seem to be able to find a way to be up again i think practicing the safety the sanitation the gloves the masks is is key and and we have to think preventative i i do look forward to uh distractions coming back into people's lives and uh you know sports is obviously a big one um but you know there has to be some sort of 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 feed 
of good feed, a good feed, some good news, some yeah. successes in the hospital, not just failures and successes in the streets and people recovering from COVID. There's, I haven't seen one, I, I don't watch the news right now, but I can't imagine that they're talking to people and saying, well, how, did you, how do you feel now that you've done with COVID? I have, I've been really busy. I've been feeding so many people. I've done, good. Uh, you know, I've fed the front line here a couple times. I've done some meals for the front line uh, workers. I've uh, created a discount for first responders. I've, God, I've, uh, we've done three Mondays in a row of 200 sandwiches back to back for the neighbors. Um, so I've done a, a lot of volunteer stuff. I've donated gloves to uh, some uh, a union that provides care for uh, elderly. So I've been really involved in, uh, you know, I, I already was really involved in San Francisco. It's going to be a lot of rebuilding from here. It's going to be a lot of community. I think local is going to be key. I think uh, my neighbors have supported me and I expect, you know, even when when people start to come back outside a little bit more, I think you'll you'll see more local support. And I think that we hope that the local restaurants will be be able to to, you know, rebound and open. And I think that bars will eventually be able to reopen. But I think the capacity on people, people are going to be very, very far away from one another. Yeah. Uh, and and there'll have to be some changes in, again, the data that they're fed and the information so they feel more comfortable going out. Dude, thanks for talking. Um, continued success and continued, I hope the restaurant gets back to normal within like the next month. I'm hoping the next month. Yeah, I got to tell you, I don't mind the customers in there. It's not so bad for me. <laughs> I started without customers and I kind of I kind of dig it. Food is something that everyone needs and um, I'm lucky to be able to feed as many people as I do still. Yeah, man. Nice so, seeing you, dude. Thanks, Eddie. I appreciate you taking the time. Peace. I'll see you on Instagram soon. Later, All right, later dude. Bye.